So the other day I drove the kids into the city to drop hubs at work and then drove home. And both times we went over the Harbour Bridge. Yeah. And I forget because my kids are COVID kids, oh, yeah. essentially. But she's never really seen the Harbour Bridge. Oh, shit. And you know what she referred to it as? What? The Black Rainbow. <laughs> I just thought it was so sweet. So cute. But she's not wrong. No. I mean, she's wrong. It's a bridge. <laughs> well, I, well, you know what I mean. Like, it's not like she was like, oh, it's the black teapot. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. It's like, no, yeah, I get where your logic came from. It Aww. is indeed the shape of a rainbow and it is indeed black. Oh, Teddy used to refer to the opera house as the porcupine. Cute. Yeah, the f- albino porcupine? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Looks a bit like Sonic the Hedgehog. It really does. Oh, how cute. Kids say the darndest things. We have a thousand things to do, but we'd rather chat to you. With emails and meetings and husbands and kids, we don't have time for this. Just what you need to basic bitches with a podcast. Hello and welcome to We Don't Have Time For This. I'm your host, Gemma Pranita, a.k.a. Gemma Peanut. On the gram, along with my co-host... Revzy! Revzy Duda. How are you? Good. 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 Still a dog mum. Still a dog mum. So yes, let's get a little bit of an update on the poochie m- pooch pooch. Dog update. Uh, I'm keeping it. I think... I think I'm keeping it. Let me tell you what happened. Yeah, just please explain yourself, okay? I'm going to try and reserve... My opinions, yep. judgment, yep. Good. I'm Please open. Do. Please yeah, do. I'm open. Okay. Tell me about why you're keeping the bobo. I'm cooking dinner in the kitchen. I look through and I see Teddy like hunched over. Like I just see his little back and his head down. And he's kind of very still on mm. the couch. And I'm like, what's going on there? So I like kind of creep closer and I notice he's hugging the dog. So I'm like, Teddy, you okay? Because it's very not normal for Teddy to be so still. Yeah. And he turns to me. His eyes are full of tears. And he looks me in the face, hugging the dog and says, I love him. I love him. He's like overcome with emotion for his love for this animal. Well, that's it. You're done. You're I'm doomed. Fucked. I'm you fucked. You are doomed. Dog mum for life. Picking up shit for the ages. Oh, fuck. Yep. So uh, as it stands now, I'm keeping the dog. <laughs> you sound so committed. Yeah, I'm so resolute. <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen with this dog, but my kids fucking love this dog. And uh, I'm flip-flopping. And I'm not a flip-flopper. No, you're a decisive motherfucker. I am a fucking decisive bitch and i'm flip-flopping and it's uncomfortable for me because it's a new mode i know we've already gone over the dog stuff but can we weigh up some of the pros and cons is it that you just don't want to break your kid's heart which by the way is completely valid yes that's the only reason i'm keeping this dog okay i've been stewing on this a little bit because i do think in the last episode i was quite firm and harsh oh really (laughs) (laughs) and i was thinking is there an option to keep it in the family it's not an option no one's gonna take it okay Wait, wait, I know your mum's already taken your sister's dog. <laughs> Jan, we love you. Generous Jan. But your dad doesn't have a dog. My dad would rather die than take in a dog. Really? He would never take but in a dog. But he had Reg. He did not. My mum did. Okay. Yeah, okay. No, yeah, we grew up with a dog called Reg. It was my mum's dog, also my sister's dog, but really my mum loved and cared for that dog. And that's what I'm going to be. I'm going to be that sucker who loves and cares for this animal. Do you know what? Thinking about my ex, Mm. I would have been what your dad was to your mum. Because my ex was like a diehard dog tragic, particularly for the breed of Staffordshire. I remember. And I remember talking myself into it like, okay, Jen, like if you're going to be with this guy forever, which I thought I was at the time, 
You're just going to have to accept that you're going to have staffies yep. in the house. <laughs> Gross. And Rebsy, you know me. I know you. Like, can you imagine yeah. me living in a house with staffies? The crazy shit we do for love. Oh, it's madness, it's I tell you. It is madness. Well, dodged a bullet there, didn't I? You did. I'm in the firing line. <laughs> Full of bullet holes. Real martyr here. So are you walking it every day? Well, it's not vaxxed yet, so no. Oh. But the walks sound the easiest part. It's more the like keeping it home, you know? Yeah. Anyway, anyway, I'll keep you all posted yeah, and updated. Yeah, yeah. TBC. TBC. And um, thanks for coming on the journey. Like I gotta say, I was so scared to even mention it for the shame, the heaping of shame I'm gonna cop for homing, rehoming, pet shop buying, impulse buying. Yeah, this and, and animal and DLs. When we say don't at us, like. <laughs> We really mean it. Please don't. You know. Unless you want to buy a dog. <laughs> <laughs> then slide on in and make an offer. Or even better, if you've got a great story I can tell my kids to like help them not be heartbroken. That would be genuinely helpful. I will say just quickly before we move on from this. But the other day, Revs did come up with an idea that maybe the dog ran away <laughs> and never came back. And you did say at one point, And then I can say, see, you didn't look after it. <laughs> And I was like, ah, that's problematic. Yeah, bit of shame there. Bit of shame. shame. Don't think I should shame them over my poor decisions. But, um, you know, we'll get there. And one way or another, I'll either be a dog owner or I won't be a dog owner. They're the two options. No one's going to die. Can't wait to see how this year pans out for you. Bring it on. (sighs) Neither. (laughs) So a few weeks ago, I did a partnership with a candle company. Really beautiful candles called Blossom by Ash. And I posted about them on Instagram and (laughs) I can't even tell you how many DMs I had from the DLs being like, who's getting lucky tonight? Sex candle. It's the sex candle. And do you know what? I felt really exposed. Okay, hang on. For any new listeners, we need to update them on what the sex candle is. So a dear friend of mine has a sex candle in her house, which is... Just a regular candle, by the way. (laughs) It is a regular candle, but she and her husband use it in the way to prompt their partner that they're in the mood. So basically, if one of them wants to get it on, they will light the candle. And it's like a non-verbal way of saying, hey, if you're up for it, I'm up for it. And the great thing about the sex candle is the partner that's being seduced can either take up the offer or they can snuff it out. Blow it out. You don't have to have the convo. I think it's super sexy because it's like, strike the match, light the candle. I'm in the mood. (laughs) In our household, it's like an awkward click click, (laughs) and it's low on gas and it's a childproof one where you have to push a button and then click at the same. It's so awkward. In my head, it was like the room was all ambiance with like low lighting and, you know, this incense going and someone strikes the match it's like oh all right all right okay so anyway you've got a candle with your husband that's the sex candle yes but i didn't declare that on socials but everyone just knew assumed. they just assumed obviously because we talked about it in an episode i nearly said sexisode <laughs> <laughs> okay one track mind over here okay slow down Jim. calm down <laughs> but yes i felt seen i felt exposed by everyone but then i had to follow through yeah. at that point i was like well they're not wrong someone <laughs> is getting lucky tonight and yeah. it's my husband oh my So I went ahead and I lit the sex candle and I just let it sit there. And he was a bit like, hey, is that? And I was like, "Mm." (laughs) hmm. Because you have many candles. We have so many. Do you have a specific sex candle? No. Well, you need one. You can't just be, I've lit a candle. I know. Okay. Look, you know before how you said it's like your nonverbal way Mm -hmm. of telling your partner that you're up for it. I mean, 
I'll admit, I do the, I lit a candle. Oh, okay. Which right. is verbal. Yeah, so I'm yeah, cheating, yeah, okay? Because fine. we are candle junkies yeah. in this household, as you mentioned. And so we've always got candles lit. So yes, we had to clarify by stating. You need, what you need is a specific sex candle. We need to organize that for you. <gasps> Yes. So then there's no ifs or buts. It's just like that candle's been lit. Can you do the branding and the I'll design? Do it all. I'll do it all. Are we going to be explicit? Will it say like sex, sex candle? candle. <laughs> I don't know. Let's work it out. <laughs> this is what you need in your life. So another reason why I especially love the sex candle, and I know that everyone's different, but for me personally, being postpartum after two kids, like my mojo's down. Just tell no, us. no, no. But my mojo's down. Yeah. Okay. And everyone tells me that it takes for your youngest to turn two for your mojo to fully return. Iggy turned two recently. My mojo's not back. Gone on holidays. Yeah. <laughs> very, very long fucking holiday. By mojo, you mean libido, yes? Yeah, sex drive. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. In the toilet. <laughs> Don't know where it is. Bye. <laughs> Ciao. Welcome back. Never. No, I really need it to come back. Yeah, you okay? do. Because I actually miss feeling yes. sexy. Oh, God, yes. So the point of me sharing this is because... I need to like warm up. Okay. Okay. Yep. I need prep. Oh. And this is why the sex candle really works for me because mm-hmm. I can light it. Yeah. And then I can go and prep myself. Oh. What do you need to do? Have a shower. Oh. Okay. Catholic. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Shut up! I like clean sex. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know how sensitive my nose is. Everyone needs to be bathed and fresh. I need to brush my teeth. Oh my gosh. Yes. My husband needs to brush his teeth and he does. I've never asked him. I think the first time he saw me brush my teeth, it's so unsexy. There's nothing hot about me like brush him, brush him, brush him, brush him, brush him, brush him in the bathroom. So virginal of you to like prepare for sex. <laughs> anyway, continue. This is what gets you going. So you need time to warm up and get ready. You're yes. Saying. Fuck, I'm the opposite. Talk it up. I'm For me, the biggest turn on is spontaneous. All right, spontaneous. It is. I, like, if someone said sex tonight, I'm like, ugh. Like, that does not work for me. So what works for you? Being a little bit surprised by it. But what if you're but tired? Sex, well, then you get untired because you get the feelings rushed to all the relevant parts of your body and you're like, oh, all right, this is on. This is happening. But teeth brushing. What if you've just had dinner and you've had curry or something? But you've both had it. No! I can't. Oh, babe. No, I can't do it. Okay. Look, every now and then spontaneous sex is on the table yeah and it's this magical moment in time yeah yeah when we're both up for it (laughs) and it's rare i'll be honest i'm a let's schedule it kind of person and then i'll mentally prepare Mm -hmm. (laughs) g yourself up for it (laughs) it's so bad isn't it it's not bad it's just everyone's got a different flavor yeah that's true yeah i like to be surprised by my sex (laughs) yeah i know i mean my husband's always up for it yeah yeah I want to be there. Yeah. Always up for it. Well, then just do your thing that works for you, which is your disciplined thing of going, I'm going to light the candle. I hate Go that light you the brought candle. the word discipline into it. Babe, that's what it is. I just know. Own it, own it and lean into who you are. You are a 36-year-old woman. You're not going to overnight become another kind of person. This is who you are. This is weirdly how you like your sex. <laughs> Fucking do you. And then do you. <laughs> <laughs> it would be sad if I had a sex candle in my house. Should I just light it for myself and be like, hey, Kate. Absolutely. <laughs> Want to have sex later? <laughs> Get out the toys. Surely you've got a collection of toys. You know, we've discussed this. Yes, I'm toyed up. How toyed up are we talking? Uh, I think about like three or four. But I have a favourite. So there are three that are all sort of just left in the drawer uncharged. <laughs> Why is it your favourite? I don't know. It's not like anything. You know, you've got a favourite cup for a while that you always use for your coffee. Yes. Yeah, you've just got like, you know, favourite tool favorite tool i heard recently that cotton on is selling sex toys brilliant how do we feel about this brilliant although it feels like it might electrocute you 
Like if you bought a phone charger from oh Cotton God. On, you'd be like, will this work? Or will this made find in my China? Phone? Yeah, it just feels a little, you know. But that's great. How good? Well, Cotton On's target audience are millennials. Mm-hmm. I think it's great. How awkward that I still shop there. <laughs> nothing awkward about that no i mean i shop at cotton on kids but i haven't shopped at cotton on for myself recently but cotton on body i love yeah. and that is where they are sharing all of the vibrators yeah right i think it's great to be sex positive Absolutely. and to show especially teenagers shop at cotton yeah. on for them to just see vibrators. you know i really would have appreciated that growing up because totally. we know me and my catholic guilt yeah shower girl it's been a problem <laughs> shut up shut up Clean sex. But I think it's terrific. It's like the opposite of how people refer to sex. Like everyone's like, let's get dirty. You're like, actually, let's get squeaky clean and smell delicious. And then get dirty and <laughs> then get clean again. Okay. Yeah. Double showers. Oh my God. It's a whole process. It's a whole process. That's why I get tired at the thought of it. Yeah. No wonder. <laughs> yeah. No wonder you feel exhausted. It's like a full routine. Like yeah. leaving, packing to go away for a week. Yeah. I mean, I know we joke that at our age, it's quick. It's like, I know I do this to you and that gets you on, you do this to me and it's done. But yeah, the prep before and after makes it a full hour Why affair. Why do you spice it up? Like, it doesn't have to be that you do this to you. you Why don't you, like, push yourself a little bit? Try something else. Well, we did with toys. We introduced toys are recently. You still, is that still going? Uh, yes and no. I'd say it's a mix. I'd little say it's from, a no from that response. <laughs> little from column A, little from column B. Do you know what? I find the toys a bit intense. Yeah. <laughs> I do. <laughs> It's like, you know how you have your um, alcohol tolerance. Mm -hmm. The more you drink, Mm -hmm. the more you need to drink. Yeah. Well, I feel like the sex toys for me, it's like so intense. Yeah. You need to work up to it. Yeah. But you know what else? I also don't want a tolerance. Like I kind of like that I can get off on not much. Analog. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck you. You make me sound like a grandma. But I'm just worried that if I like really rely on the buzz, Mm. then I can't get off without it. I know people who always have to have a sex toy as part of their sex affair. Sex affair? Sex affair. (laughs) Their sexual rendezvous. I'm getting yeah. all Bridgerton again. I'm getting hot under the when collar. When are we getting Bridgerton back? Oh, mama Wait, needs that in her season life. Season two is coming, baby. Oh, when? I don't know. Coming being the operative word. Mm. Well, good. I'm glad you're getting laid, though. That's awesome. Force yourself to do it. You'll get into it again soon. Light that candle, baby. I'm Strike the it. match. Come on, baby. Light my fire. Fuck yeah. Come on, baby. Light my fire. I don't know the fucking lyrics. But it's hot. It's hot. It's hot. So you know what I do have time for? What do you have time for? I have reached the stage with my kids where I can embarrass them. (gasps) It's happened. And it is a joy I have never known. Like, it really took me by surprise. I'll set it up for you. We were walking down the Corso in Manly, this like main street, and there was a busker and he was like exclusively playing bass. It was very cool. That's hot. Yeah, he had like this pedal shit going on. It was like a whole vibe. And it was a great song. We all got a bit of a pep in our step. And Teddy was like, that's cool. And I just started fucking strutting. Like catwalk, RuPaul, just vibing it. Just like absolutely strutting to this bass. And my kids were like grabbing my arms and begging me to stop and looking at me mortified. And we're like, mom, don't. And I just kept doing it. Yeah, that would egg you on even more. And I've got the rhythm of the song, right? To like make me like pull off the joke. So I'd go, okay, okay. And I'd start walking normally. And then it'd be like, boom, 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 boom. And I was like, choo, 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 choo. And they're like, mom. <laughs> they were 
were dying. And I was like, this is a joy I've never known. It's, I can't wait to experience it was this. such happiness, selfish, beautiful happiness just for me. It's such a cool stage to have arrived and at. And so it begins. And so it begins. Now I can be their embarrassing mum. Everywhere we go, I think we've hit that stage. We all remember it growing up. Mine was always to do with high school. I don't actually remember being that embarrassed of my mum at Isla and Teddy's age, but definitely high school. Maybe I'm just getting there earlier by being extra embarrassing. Love it. Bit of schadenfreude there. Resilience. <laughs> Building that resilience right up. <laughs> what do you reckon is the most embarrassing thing that you could conjure up for them? Oh. Because they weren't even in the company of friends. That's what surprises <laughs> me because all my memories of my mum embarrassing me was when I was with a boy I liked, yeah, you know, or with yeah. my girlfriends. And I was yeah. like, oh, don't be lame. Just, like, go away. This is embarrassing. But the fact that you were just in public and they were like, mom, was it because you were drawing attention? Were strangers looking at you? Maybe. I don't know. I think they were just like, oh, my God, like we're in public and you're being a buffoon. And people could look at us and like think we're strange or something. Like they're starting to understand that people have an opinion of them yeah they're developing that awareness which is a little itself. a little bit sad because mm. it's like oh now they're like gonna act from a place of what do people expect of me or yeah. what do people think of me or what do i need to do rather than what do i want to do yeah, and that, that makes shift me of sad. innocence it's gone so i just want to model for them like fuck do what you want who cares if you're a bit weird yeah <laughs> fuck everyone else yeah but um it's also incredibly entertaining for me <laughs> you <laughs> know me what revs whatever gives you your kicks <laughs> I am happy to hear. We all know that uncle or dad or weird auntie who just gets an absolute kick out of embarrassing kids. I think that's me. I think I'm that weird auntie, except I'm the mum. <laughs> well, Rafa's had a moment of self-awareness, oh. which has been a big change. So to give you context, you may or may not remember, if you're a follower of me on the gram, I shared a video from my birthday, which was back in December. And I went to blow out my birthday candle and Rafa beat me to it. So as I was taking my inhale breath, she had already blown it out. And I, I don't know, stupidly or maybe cleverly yeah. <laughs> using it as a teaching moment, my body language shifted and I just went a bit down like, oh, you blew my candle out. And Rafa immediately felt bad about yeah. it. Like she... Immediate regret. She came over to me, hugged me and she went, oh, it's okay, mummy. I'm sorry. And I, I was quite taken aback. I yeah. was totally surprised because I, I didn't shame her. I wasn't no. like, don't blow my candle out. I just went inwardly. Well, you were teaching her empathy. Yeah, but yeah. I didn't even you can't have... have her going around to every birthday party and blowing out the kids' candles. That reflects very poorly on you. Oh, Jesus. Okay, well, I'm glad I took this teaching opportunity. <laughs> well, it's probably what your brain was doing. It's like, well, this can't keep going on. But I didn't make a big deal of it no. after that because she demonstrated empathy immediately. Yeah. And I was like, oh, no, it's cool. And then my mum was like, oh, we'll light the candle again, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Next minute, fast forward to Iggy's birthday, which was in January. And Iggy was struggling to blow out his candle. So I said to Rafa, Rafa, help him. Show him how to blow it out. And she wouldn't. Mm. She was really hesitant. She was sort of going, come on, Iggy. Come on, Iggy. You do it. You yeah. do it. And I was like, Raf, he can't do it. Like, do it for him. And then she sort of did like the most pathetic blow of the candle. Like, look, mom, I'm doing it for him. <laughs> but like getting nowhere. And then eventually I think Iggy must have coughed all over his cake and Great. blew out the candle. COVID so cake. the moment happened, it was done. And I thought, huh, that's interesting. Like, She's obviously learned. Like, mm. she knew not to blow it out. Okay, so now to the point of today. Yeah. The other morning, I went into Rafa's room, and she was sitting there quietly in bed. And I said, morning, baby. She's like, hi, mummy. And she said, mummy, I love you. And I thought, oh, how divine. But where's this coming from yeah. at, like, 5.30 in the morning? <laughs> I said, I love you too, honey. And she looked at me and said, 
Mummy, I'm so sorry that I blew out your birthday candles. Oh, from two months ago. From two months ago. And I thought, honey, it's totally fine. It was an accident. She said, yeah, it was an accident. And I was like, yeah, but it worried me that she had been stewing on this. it's good. Is it good? It's good. She's like reflecting and deciding who she wants to be. I know, but I don't want her to harbour all this like intense energy, internally worrying about it, fretting. Like I was like... Is she a kid with anxiety? Is this like the... You know, I went down the fucking rabbit hole of like, oh my God, I'm breeding anxiety in my child. No, this feels really healthy to me. Yeah. She did something she wasn't proud of. She instantly regretted it. She's been reflecting on it. She's changing her behavior because she's learned a lesson. Sounds really, really healthy to me. It was touching and sweet. Yeah. And the fact that she wanted to like make amends, I think is beautiful. Yeah. How incredible if you are raising a girl who can say I did something wrong and I'm really sorry yeah that's an amazing trait in a person to be able to say they've done something wrong and they want to make it right couldn't agree more yeah. actually one of my least favorite traits is people who can't say sorry yeah it drives me crazy that drives and, me crazy and that too. is a quality that I love that is something you would put very high priority on a trait mm. in your kids so I think you should be proud of it I am actually upon reflection and now that I think about it like we actually sat down and talked about it and explained to her what I observed her do at Iggy's birthday. Like I said, at Iggy's birthday, I saw you wanted to make sure that he blew them yeah. out because it's his special day. So actually, yeah, you know what? I'm the fucking mother of yeah, the year. you smoked it. You did great. We never celebrate the wins yeah. and this is a little win. But I want to bring something up with you. Okay. Talk to me about why she's sitting quietly in her bed in the morning. Like, what's that about? I will say it's rare. Yeah, this is right. what I mean. <laughs> this is what prompted me to okay. go in because normally she runs in and she's like, morning! And has found a whistle from her Christmas stocking from two months ago. And I'm like, this is aggressive. Note to self, throw that whistle out. It's got to go. But I could hear her quietly chatting to herself in her room which yeah. is again so out of character which is what prompted me to go in to go in okay good because I was like is she okay because I thought you were telling the world you have a kid that just quietly wakes up and sits in her bed in the morning and I was like Jam shut the fuck up None oh no that's Iggy okay good no. oh you do have yeah, that child yeah that's Iggy okay Iggy wakes up and he just lies in his bed chatting to his <sighs> bunnies it's lovely you don't make friends with good kids you don't make friends with good kids what <laughs> oh I think that's nice yeah, mother of the year. You've nailed it. You've nailed it. It's, you've had a big lesson in empathy. <sighs> but thank you for letting me see it as a positive. Yeah, of course it's a positive. You can't be afraid of feelings. Yeah. Feelings are to be felt. Yeah. You know, Hubs and I were talking the other day about anxiety because I think the times that we've had yeah. over the last two years, we're riddled with it, yeah. right? There's so much unsettling uncertainty everywhere we go. Like, we can't even book a fucking holiday. You know what I mean? Like, it's... You can't book a dinner. <laughs> nothing. Can't book a catch-up. Can't book shit. Yeah, so I bought my brother and my sister-in-law to tickets to the Taronga Twilight event which is one of my favorite events trying to sell Australia to her yeah I was like what's better pretty sure she's already bought it being here and everything (laughs) I know but I want them to stay forever I don't want them to go back to America she's a DL and she's listening to (laughs) this now she can hear my whole strategy but I really want to sell Australia to her and I thought there is nothing better than listening to live Aussie music at Taronga Zoo with the sun setting behind the fucking opera house in the Harbour Bridge. Like, there is nothing better. Like, it's one of those spiritual moments where you just go, there is nowhere else I'd want to be in the world. Sure enough, COVID, the cunt, meant that it's (laughs) cancelled. Great. So I got a refund and then I bought them a voucher to a restaurant. This is not the same. Ah, no. Okay? So this is where I'm at with the unsettling uncertainty. So I was talking to Hubs 
because he can be a little bit of a catastrophizer mm-hmm. at times where he thinks 20 steps ahead and I'm like hang on but step number two hasn't even presented itself and then let's assess the situation yep. and I've been saying to him lately and it really landed with him I said, babe, it's like you're walking around with an open umbrella waiting for it to rain. I he, love that. Yeah, and it really gave him pause and he was like... Did you invent that? Are you a guru? No, no, no. I definitely didn't invent it. I, I would have heard it somewhere and then pulled it out from the archives yeah. of my brain. Great. Listen to a lot of podcasts and hear a lot of good <laughs> shit. So if anyone else is suffering from a bit of anxiety, which I think we all, all are, are at the mm-hmm. moment... Keep that umbrella down. Yeah. You don't need to walk around holding it until it rains. Teach that one to your kids. That's a really understandable one for kids, isn't it? Definitely. Another story I heard recently, which landed with me, it's a story about, you know, like when you want someone to quit smoking. I know this is a really old school reference, although you wouldn't believe how many people still smoke. Or started again during lockdown. Of course. Mm. Of course. One of my friend's husbands has picked up smoking again in lockdown after quitting and uh yeah it's driving her nuts but it got me thinking again about how because smoking always seems to be the thing about quitting like Mm -hmm. getting someone to help themselves Mm -hmm. and it doesn't matter how much you tell someone to stop smoking they have to want it for themselves of course and i heard this great analogy again on a podcast again can't tell you where i heard it so (laughs) sorry not helpful but there's a story about a guy whose car's broken down on the side of the road, on a freeway in the middle of fucking nowhere. And he's standing there with his thumb out, trying to hitch a ride to get to a service station or waving people down to get help. And he's there for hours and hours and no one stops. So walks around to the boot of the car and starts pushing it. And of course, it's like immovable. He's like one guy with this big car. And he's just digging his heels in, grunting, working hard. And then people pull over. Mm. And it's that analogy of people want to help people helping themselves. Absolutely. Well, no one wants to help a victim. I guess, yeah. I mean, but I don't think standing there on the road asking for help is a victim mentality. But it's the demonstration of it. Look. If you come and help me push this car, there's going to be two of us and the job's going to get done. Yeah. So I guess people love a battler <laughs> rather than someone who's like resigned and kind of standing there. Mm. It's true. Tell me, I've got to call you on something. You're feeling a little spiritual today. Shut up. <laughs> I feel a sense of little personal development, no. a little bit of insight. A little I'm bit not of, woo woo. I'm not saying woo woo. I'm saying a little bit of uh, personal development going on here and I'm very here for it. <laughs> Look, we did a poll. On our stories. Yeah. About who would describe themselves as woo-woo and who doesn't. 60% said they weren't woo-woo. Yep. 40% said... You know, that surprised me. That's not surprised me at all. I thought maybe 10% would be woo-woo. I think as people get older, they find more meaning. Oh my God. If I think about me in my 20s, aggressive atheist, incredibly opinionated, incredibly judgmental. I would expect everyone to act how I would act in every situation. And if they didn't act how I would act, I would vilify them for that. I was not open-minded. That was only 10, 15 years ago. But 10, 15 years ago is significant. Yeah, but I think as we get older, we realize, oh, who was I to have that opinion with no life experience behind me? Definitely. You know, why would I judge that person when I haven't walked in their shoes? Oh, life can be so much more beautiful when you're open-hearted and Mm. when you're trying to see things from other people's point of view and when you do things with love rather than do things with anger. You know, like, you get to that place. That is growth, but it's also just getting older, you know? I actually think motherhood plays a... Nothing brings you to your knees (laughs) 
more than motherhood totally. and everything we thought we were going to be as mothers and it's so easy to judge yeah. other mums yeah like, that's probably what it is actually. and you know what there's still a lot of mums that judge other mums yeah. and want to try and control their mum friends into being the way that they parent yeah, you yeah. know I can't stand that smug self-righteousness Neither. on no I'm the right way to I know. parent but that can go across every part of life definitely you know, like we feel it most intensely at the moment because of motherhood or yeah. when you're a new mum particularly the first two years you really feel that judgment and you also feel the judgment in other directions mm. like you're trying to convince yourself you're doing it the right way so you will often like go oh I wouldn't do it that way but it, that applies to everything at work isn't it interesting how the moment we have kids we want to do everything right by them yeah. for them yeah. to a point where we judge other people for doing it wrong yeah and yet we never give ourselves the grace never of I want to do something right for, for me, me. By me. Why is it so outwardly all the time? And why does it take the experience of motherhood Mm. for us to suddenly care so deeply to a point where it's divisive Mm. in the community of Mm. parenthood? And yet for ourselves, we don't want what's right, what's best, what's good for our souls. It's so interesting. And I've been doing a lot of thinking about this, obviously, since separating. When you become a mum, you're responsible for other humans, right? Mm. And your family unit and everything that you need to provide emotionally, physically, financially, all the things, right? It's a really huge level up in life. Like you can't fuck around anymore. It's not just you. You are responsible for other people. So then you have to face, like you're saying, what if something is right for me, but no one else benefits from it? How do you grapple with that? Because that's a huge thing. Because you might know something's right for you and you might want something and you might know it would be the best thing for you, but it might not be good for other people or it might hurt other people or it might let people down, or it might change how people view you. Like, how do you get good with, I know I have to do this, but this is only gonna benefit me. That's very hard. Most people would say it's impossible. And it took a psychologist saying to me, the second worst thing for a child is an unhappy mother. The first thing is abuse. Yeah. But research shows that the second worst thing emotionally for a child is an unhappy mother. But unhappy what, but, father but what comes does, like six. Yeah, but what does unhappy mother look like? Well, that's different for everybody. If a Because mother, that's pretty big for that to be the number two thing. Huge. Because what happens is children blame themselves mm. for their mother's unhappiness. If a mother isn't content and happy and enjoying her life, you know, children pick up on that energy. People pick up on that energy. If someone is not living true to themselves... They're agitated, they're snappy, they're angry, they blame other people, everything gets hard. And what children do is they take that on and they go, oh, I'm not making my mum happy. And then they take that into their adult relationships. But I feel like there's an ideal to this that almost doesn't exist because no one is ever a happy content mother yeah i am someone who can hand on heart sit here and say i am exactly where i want to be in life yeah i've never been more content with career with my hubs with my kids like everything is just so almost to a point where there are many often days and again it's that catastrophizing mentality where i say to my husband something's going to go wrong because everything feels too right right now but even with that I still stress. Yeah. I still snap at my kids. Yeah. When it's that time of the month, I'm on edge. It's not you know? that. It's deeper than that. You don't have to be happy every day. It's yeah. not what it is. It's like at your core, deep 
contented happiness that you are like you describe but i, I think know i'm in the right place a lot of people are unhappy i think a lot of people and are a lot of too. people trudge along in life and just get on with it but i think that puts so much pressure mm. to say that you're gonna fuck up your kids if you're unhappy yeah. in yourself i think most people are deeply unsatisfied yeah it took me years and years to get to a point of contentment yeah because i was constantly searching for something better something more something greater for myself yeah. until I realized actually stop and fucking smell the roses right Gratitude, in front of you. Yeah. Vital. However, it's, we need to reframe it. It's not a pressure to be happy all the time. It's actually a gift of permission mm. that if you know you're not happy, deeply unhappy, yeah. not, not happy today or have your period or snappy yeah. or stressed at work, not that, but deeply unhappy. It's permission to say, if I need to choose myself in this, it's not the wrong thing for my children because happy people are happy and spread happiness loved people love you know hurt people hurt people hurt people hurt people angry people make other people angry detached people make other people feel detached mm. disconnected people make other people feel disconnected but happy joyful people who are juicing the most out of life yeah that's infectious that spreads but I also think, like, we're getting really deep now. We are, aren't we? <laughs> In a really unplanned way. <laughs> but We were supposed to be talking about the dog. If there are any DLs listening who are deeply unhappy, you're not going to fuck up your kids, okay? Like, I think it's important to say that because I think the last two years have caused immense stress to a lot of people. And I think it's important to state that we have enough pressure on us as mums to then go on a soul search to seek personal happiness. If you're not in a place where you can do that yet... You're not going to fuck up your children. But this is the kind of chat where this will resonate with whoever it needs to resonate with. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Like when you're in a place of searching or trying to sort through and process things, you will hear what you need to hear. Do you know what Always. I mean? Always. So it's not instructions. No. It's just But I think that, discussion. that any behavior of parents, because my mum always says this to me. Oh, it's always my mum's fault. Oh, it's always yeah. my dad's fault. She's like, future generations, yeah. we love to blame our parents. Yeah. And my mum said to me, and your kids will do the same, Gem. Yeah. Yeah. It's just how life works. Yeah. But I do think that in any parent-child scenario, I think the child's reaction to a type of behavior, whether it's deep unhappiness, detachment, joy, all of those things, kids can go one of two ways. I've seen it so many times where kids come from divorced parents and so they then have commitment issues. But then there's also 50% of kids who then go, I want a solid home life because I didn't have that yeah. growing up. Yeah, you either react or repeat. Yes, yeah. exactly. So it can go both ways. Mm -hmm. This was going to be my not sponsored, but this is the perfect time to mention a podcast I listened to recently with the queen, Glennon Doyle. Glennon Doyle! And this is the kind of thing she talks about all the time. If you haven't read Untamed, get off this podcast right now and get the audiobook or go and get it and read it tonight. It is life-changing. At 59, essentially the whole episode is about how do you listen to what you need? How do you listen to the knowing in your head or your body and follow that and have the confidence to follow your knowing? And she said, when people tell me they don't know what they need to do or they don't know what they need to do next or they don't know how they feel, she's like, I always think bullshit. We all know what we really want. It's just a deep knowing. It's a deep knowing. And if we can quiet the noise and really listen, we all actually know at every turn what we want. Mm. What we don't know how to do is tell the world we want that. 
invite people in our lives along on that journey. It might not be very acceptable to the people in our lives. How do we make it palatable to people around us? Because we've been sitting with us forever, right? But when people come to a new idea or a new place in your life, you know, there's a process. So she says, when people say, I don't know what I need to do next, she's like, bullshit. You just have to work out how you're going to get there. And she said she's identified for her, the most pain she feels in her life is the gap between the knowing and the doing. doing. Yes, I agree with this. So a little example of that yes. would be, this house isn't right for us. Mm. This house isn't working. It smells weird. It's on a main road. We need to move house, whatever. Mm. She knows that. But then there's all these things that have to happen. Like, what if it's a mistake to move house? It's going to be more expensive. We have to pack up. Blah, 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 blah. But she knows she has to do it. And then there's the doing of it, the moving house, right? Mm. She said all the pain is in that gap between, between when you know you need to move house and when you've moved house. Yeah. So you can apply that to anything. You oh know? my God, it's classic inertia. So I can apply this absolutely to trying to conceive Rafa. Yeah. So after six months of trying, I was starting to get irritable. Mm-hmm. And then when I hit the one year mark, mm-hmm. I was getting even more stressed about it. And in my head, there was a deep knowing that I needed to go down the fertility route. Yeah. yeah. But I wasn't ready yeah. to accept it. But yeah. deep deep now that I reflect yeah. I fucking knew I needed help yeah. and had I just acted on the doing mm. I absolutely would have shortened that gap yeah. now looking back in hindsight would I change anything no because I got Rafa and if it wasn't Rafa and yeah. I did it early it might have been a completely but different you can kid. apply that lesson going forward to absolutely your life. the big one's a job you know when you're in the wrong job yes and you know this is not my culture these are not my people I'm not thriving in this job I need to move on but it's scary to leave a job you need another job it needs to be better it needs to you know all the things but like that anxiety in that period between knowing you need to leave the job the pain. and moving, that's the pain. Same with relationships. I'm not in the right relationship. This is not right for me. I want more for myself. There's something bigger out there for me. That's a huge one, you know, yes. but the pain is not in the, well, there's pain in all the steps. Of course. But the most pain is when you know and you haven't done it yet. I'm all about actioning. Yeah. And I think Glennon Doyle is absolutely right that in most cases... I mean, we do have a couple of friends who are indecisive motherfuckers. Yeah. Like literally cannot make a decision on cannot. what to eat for dinner yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or what color cushions to buy. <laughs> but when it comes to the big things like moving house, if a home or location where you reside doesn't feel right, but also relationships and jobs, the job is a massive one. Yeah. And I can't tell you how many people I've spoken to about being brave yeah. and taking that leap. Yeah. But you can't ask other people to be brave. Bravery, you can't. Bravery is not infectious. No, bravery is 100% not infectious. It's a personality. But the concept of what Glennon Doyle's presenting mm. about tightening that gap yeah. is very graspable. Yes. Because what if you were to say to someone, you know this state, this limbo that you're in where you feel mm. almost catatonic and you can't Paralyzed. make a move? What if I told you, if you took that step, it is going to save you months of pain? Yeah. You would do it, yeah. right? It's yeah. a no-brainer. Totally. But everyone's so afraid to leap. And uh, like, this is something I'm so passionate about. Like, I run a fucking online business course because I want people to take the leap because so many people are unhappy in their jobs or their jobs aren't conducive to having children and mm. they want to craft a new life that makes it workable with the life that they want. Mm. But it does take bravery and you're 100% right. It is not infectious. But I just absolutely love that notion 
of shortening the gap of pain. I love it too because it's so tangible. But this is what people would call living your truth, I guess. Like, oh, see, I can't do that. You don't like that? No, it's overdone. It's labels? It's, no, but labeling is important. But that's what this is, right? Because once you know the truth, yes, live your truth. Yeah. I know that sounds wank city, but that's when people say live your truth, this mm. is what they're talking about. Listen to your knowing and fucking act on it for yourself and everyone around you. Yeah. When people make themselves happy, they make everyone around them happier. They enrich everyone's lives around them. I have a, he's like a mentor to me. I'm like almost like another father figure, a family friend in my life. And he has had incredible tragedy, incredible things to overcome. He works for himself. He works hard, but he works on himself constantly. And he is gold. When I look at his wife and his son and his friends and everyone around him, he makes people happier because happy people make people happy. Mm. Loved people love people. And as you said, hurt people hurt people. So I think when people martyr themselves or get stuck in this like, no, I can't do this because it's not right for other people. Like, what does that really mean? But often a decision doesn't feel right for them. It doesn't have to be about right for other people. I've certainly been confronted with decisions where I almost think I'm not worthy of it or deserving of it. Sometimes it's got nothing to do with anyone else. It's my own value of myself. Mm. And that is a huge hurdle for people to overcome. Yeah. Massive. Yeah. So DLs. Wow. We have never. Please please come to our guru retreat. (laughs) Welcome to our TED Talk. I think we both really need to talk about that. Yeah, I think so. I just hope this lands with someone, with anyone. Like if you are resisting change and it can be small, it can be big, take the step. We're in February. It is early days in the year. You can just start. I don't know how many times I say to people, just start. Start. You don't have to know all the answers. You don't need to know what happens at Z when you're at A, but all you need to do is get to B and then C reveals itself and then D. Like it's the stepping stone thing. But until you take that step, you can't possibly see where you need to go to next. So just fucking start. Just start. And start by reaching out to someone you trust. That's my advice. Why? Why are we giving advice? How have we ended here? But I have to say this. If you don't have a friendly non-judgmental ear that you can just rattle your shit at like I do at Gem. you'll never work through this stuff you have to get it out of your body by Mm. speaking it find someone you can talk to oh I am all about getting feelings out 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 of my body out out of my larynx yeah (laughs) (laughs) you know that's therapy that's called therapy doesn't have to be with a therapist what Getting it out. Yeah, just speaking it. Speaking it. I mean, Speak your truth. Live your truth. Come to our TED Talk. Well, how many of us have written angry, emotional emails that we never hit send on? Yeah. And even just the action of putting those words on paper, mm. virtual paper, whatever you want to call it, helps. Yeah. It helps. Oh my gosh, I've written many a letter that I never hit send on. You know, I feel a lot of self-development happening right now <sighs> in this room. I'm here for it, Gem. It's great. It's great. It's fabulous. I'm here for it too, Revzy. Now, considering you've shared your not spawn, yeah. shall I share mine? Yes, hit me with your not spawn. I said, hit me with your not spawn. Do, do, do. Okay, this feels trivial. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's not going to change your life? It's not going to change. It's not going to enrich the lives of the people oh, around you? Good Lord. <laughs> you know what? It's small joy. Okay. It will spark a little bit of a smile. Beautiful. Puts a smile on my face. And we all need a bit of that. Don't we? Now, 
I realize when I share this not spawn, there's going to be a lot of people who will be like, oh my God, Jem, everyone knows about this. And then there are going to be some people who will be like, fucking revelation. All right, here we How go. can I get on board? Great setup. It's called Wordle. Oh, yeah. Heard have of you it. heard of it? Yeah, everyone's have you, doing it. Have you actually played it? No. Okay. So instead of like, oh yeah, I've heard everyone talk about Wordle, fucking give it a go. All right. It's a little brain teaser for the day. I know and I'm very good at them. Exercises your mind. Yeah. Dyslexics, this is our superpower. You will love it. Yeah, it's real. If you're a dyslexic, you will find this easier than the average Joe. And it's satisfying. Okay. It's one of the, it doesn't take long. So, okay, a bit of context. It's a game called Wordle where every single day there's a new word that everyone does. It's universal. And it starts with you having to pick a five-letter word. It can be any word you like. It can be stand. It can be cross. It can be penis. Okay. <laughs> I was thinking of five-letter words. Why not, Revs? Why not? <sighs> You're back where we were at the start of Sorry. the app. But you know what? Stay in this zone. Get your toys out and buzz, 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 buzz oh, light you. sad. <laughs> buzz light you? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Lol. So you punch it in and then it will tell you what letters are in the right place mm-hmm. and what letters belong in the word but in the wrong place. And okay. then you've got six goes to guess the word, right? Very simple concept. A little bit of a fun backstory. This game was actually created by a guy in the UK who built it for him and his wife. I know, during lockdown. To play during lockdown. I, know, I love it. And now he has all the big tech giants yeah. wanting to pay him squillions to buy the rights to the game and turn it into, you know, whatever, yeah. a payable, sellable app, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Because it's got no ads or anything. No. And he's completely overwhelmed. Yeah. He's paralyzed. He doesn't know what to do because <laughs> everyone wants a piece of this Wordle game. He needs to shorten the gap between his knowing and his doing. He just needs to take the leap. Take the leap, man. Pick a company and sell out. Yeah, sell out, baby. Why not? Yeah. But he's a bit like, you know, very English, a bit sure. dithery and a bit like, oh, no, I just made this for me and my wife, you know. <laughs> to play. Everybody loves it. Yeah, now everyone loves it. What am I going to do? Oh, no, I don't. I, take I, the millions. I, take it. Take it. Because obviously he listens to the We Don't Have Time for This podcast. Yeah, mate. Take <laughs> he's going to take the steps. But if you're curious enough, give Wordle a go. I bet you I'll get you hooked on it. It's really, really fun. And we all know I can't meditate. Look, maybe this is going back many, many, many episodes and you've forgotten, but I have struggled to meditate. I love the concept and the idea of meditation. I cannot fucking execute it to save my life. You can't be alone with your own thoughts. I really can't. No, I can. But I realize I can't just sit. Mm -hmm. And I wonder if this is where Raph gets some of her Mm -hmm. ants in her pantsiness. For me, meditation is a walk. Doing photography yeah. is very meditative. Yes. And I've learned that that's okay. Yeah, that totally. counts. And Wordle is just that. It's a little brain break in the day where you challenge yourself, but everything else fades away, you know? And again, I know I keep banging on about this, but we've all been under so much stress over the last two years. Anxiety is still high because we still don't know what the fuck is in store for us this year, which is terrifying. And I find doing Wordle grounds me. And not only that, you discover other friends who do it. And then it's like, did you get the word of the day? It's like, I got it in three. Oh, I got it in five. Okay, next time. And then you- yeah, like it's 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 dorky, okay? Can I chuck in another not spawn? Why not? Yeah, hit so, me with your not spawn. It's a real life hack, especially if you like to tan, okay? I mean like fake tan. Don't go and tan. We all know that's dangerous and that will kill you. So I have started using an oil in the shower. Ooh. So you wash yourself as per, yep. do all your things, and then just before you get out, you use a body oil. Any oil will do. I have a 
Sanceuticals one, but you know, seriously, any oil will do. You can get them in the supermarket and you just like squirt it all over it, rub it in while you're under the wet. So it's not annoying, laborious task. Yep. It sort of runs all over you and you rub it in and then you sort of lightly wash, get out, pat yourself dry. No need to do a moisturizer or anything. It just keeps your skin super soft and lovely. And it's like an easy way to do it rather than going, oh shit, I should have moisturized. Oh, now I'm a crusty, dry skeleton. Anyway, put an oil in your shower, a body oil. Love it. Yeah, it's good. Makes your tan last longer. Does extend your tan. Well, well, fuck. DLs. We'd normally say, well, we've solved nothing, but I think we solved some shit today. I actually think we gave advice. I think we're now gurus. Come to our retreat. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Change your life. Oh, lol. Cue the outro. DLs. Gem just somehow her face turned into a cat's bum. What? What did you just do to your face? <laughs> I'm on a lot of drugs. Jen's fucked her back and she's on a lot of drugs. Yeah. I think, I think that's, that's why she's so open to this chat today. Because she's a little bit off her face. Oh my God, that Nurofen Panadol is really... Babe, that's fucking... not drugs. Is that what you're on? I'm neuroleptically naive. Okay, shut this down. Cue the outro. <laughs> One, One of these days, days we'll have an outro to our podcast.